0: If you'll turn to the book of Luke and find the 19th chapter, that's Luke chapter 19. Uh, Before we look to the word, let's find out what the nugget says for this morning. Our nugget, prayer is life's greatest prayer. Is life's greatest. Anybody? Hotline. Hotline? One more time. Hotline? Hotline? No. Lighting? No. Prayer is life's greatest. Time saver. <laughs> I mean. Instead of you know. We. I'll use the illustration that uh, I've used before. I was working on Matt's car, and I couldn't get the thing together. And the wife came out there and says, Well, you got it together. I says, No. <laughs> this thing is not going to work. I understand mechanics. This is not going to work to what you're asking. She Did you pray? I says, No, because I know this is not going to work that way. So she walked in the house got a hold of Matt, they prayed, the thing went together. So prayer is life's greatest time saver. If I went to the prayer right away, had, you know, it would have been taken care of. So a lot of times when you're going through something, pray about it, and you'll get the, the results quicker That's right. Amen. and exact. Amen. Okay, you get the proper imp- information. So Father, we're praying we just give you thanks, Lord. Is. We look to the word this morning. We're asking, Father God, that you give us insight and inspiration, Father God, greater revelation, Father God, given to each and every one of us, how we can attain the word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, today uh, marks the beginning of a special week uh, that's often referred to as the Passion Week. It's it's celebrated by uh, Christians and churches all around the world, so we're not the only one. Today is Palm Sunday. During this week, Jesus entered Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, at the center of a triumphant procession. Uh, During the week, he debated religious authority. He cleansed the temple. He taught his disciples. He celebrated the Passover. He initiated the communion service as we know it today. He prayed an agonizing prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was betrayed. He withstood unfair trials. He endured brutal punishment and mistreatment. And finally, finally, an agonizing death on the cross. And three days later, on Sunday, he triumphantly was resurrected from the dead. So that was that's our uh, Passion Week, just kind of lump summed. So I want to retrace a few things this morning, uh, beginning with this Passion Week. Um, Jesus planned his entry into the city. So you found Luke chapter 19, I hope. That's Luke chapter 19. And we want to go to verse 28. And when he had thus spoken, that's Luke nineteen, twenty-eight, and when he had spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass that when it's come nigh to Bethage and Bethlehem, that at that mount called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. Saying, Go into the village over against you, in which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, wherein yet never man sat, loose him and bring him thither. Glory to God. Going on, verse 31. And if any man ask you, Why do you lose him, thus, you, uh, thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they went there and and they that were sent, went their way, and found, even as he had said unto them. Verse 33. And as they were loosening coat, the owner, owners, too, therefore said unto him, Why loosen the coat? And they said, verse 34, The Lord hath need of him. The Lord hath need of him. Okay, let's look at verse 30. Saying, Go into the village over against you, in which at the entering ye shall find a colt tied. Therein never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. For the master's use. Now, I want to give you some insight here a little bit. And if you're looking for a title, it's Insight. Some of us are tied down by things. As Christians, we need to be untied and loosened from our restrictions. Can you say amen on that? Okay. So, is there anything tying you down? that restricts you from doing what you need to do? Look at all those hands go up. So let's, uh, let's go to the book of, uh, just keep your marker there, and you want to find the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, and we want to go to the 12th chapter. That's Hebrews chapter 12. And we will look at verse 1. That's Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing that you were also compassed about with, with so great a cloud of witness, look at here, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. So the, there's restrictions, and it says here that we need to lay aside those weights. Those things that beset us, that tie us down, Amen. Lay aside the, the, whatever is hindering you in your Christian walk. Such things as worldly allurement, allurements, unbelief, possessions, uh, unequally yoked. Uh, all these things to be need to be untied and removed from us. Loosen us. Also, uh, since we're in the New Testament, let's back up to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians this time. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I mean, chapter 10. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Another familiar uh, scripture. This is a little insight. I'm not calling you donkeys, but It's some insight if a donkey is tied up it can't go anywhere if we're tied up we're just like the donkey we need to be loosened okay now we're looking at second uh, corinthians chapter 10 looking at verse 5 casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing into captivity every thought and obedience to christ so There's some imaginations and thoughts that hold us down. We need to break loose. We need to be untied from them. Glory to God. We need to be free in God. So we need to be free to experience full freedom of Jesus in our lives. Uh, We're meant to go with Jesus, just like this donkey was meant to go with Jesus. The donkey had a purpose. We have a purpose. We must be released so that we can live a life of faith and liberty. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, uh, going back to the book of Luke, chapter 19. That's Luke, chapter 19. Look, look at verse 34. And they said the Lord hath need of him. There was a prearranged password to the to these owners. The Lord hath need of him. Because the Lord needed this donkey for a purpose. The little donkey was part of a great plan of redemption. Hmm. Okay. When the Lord rode the donkey into Jerusalem, he was fulfilling a prophecy. We'll look at that prophecy in a moment. Jesus used that donkey to move towards Calvary and the sacrifice riding the donkey became a key statement hmm. riding the donkey became a key statement we'll look at that moment and, and, the, and the key statement at this point is the Lord hath need of it why are you loosening this thing the Lord has need of it why, you, why should you be loosened the Lord has need of you Okay. Another insight. What if that was said of you? What if you heard those words? The Lord has need, the Lord needs you. What would you do? How would you respond? The Lord needs you. Would you believe it? Uh, you might respond, or, or let's look at some responses. I'm too. anybody? I'm too old. The Lord needs you. Oh, I'm too old. No, well, I'm too young. You know, I got a whole life to go. I'm too young. Oh, I'm too busy. I need to check my schedule. Well, you don't know. I'm just too sinful. That's why the Lord can't use me. Hello. Can you ring a bell out there. Why would God say, I need you? Why would God use someone like you? Hmm. You are invaluable to God's plans. God desires that you fulfill your role in life. Mm -hmm. You have a purpose. You've been given a mission. You have a calling. You need to get untied this morning walk in the freedom that God's given you, you're worth far more than you know in God's plan. He needs you. Get untied. God has never stopped desiring for you to fulfill your purpose. He never stopped loving you and wanting you. God sacrificed everything for you to set you free, to untie you, to do a purpose. You are worth more in the eyes of God than what you think you are. Oh, I can't do it. God says, hey, you're blessed. You're capable of anything I called you to do. And we say, oh, I don't know. We can be like Moses. I stutter, I can't do anything. He had to do it. Well, what about Jonah? I don't want to do it. And run from, from the purpose, but somehow he was turned around. The Apostle Paul, or Saul at the time, didn't want to do what he was called to do. And he had Damascus experiences. Some of us are going to have that Damascus experience. We need to be untied, set free. Amen? Amen. So you need to think on what God's called you to do. Hello? Okay, let's go back on track here. Go back. Go back to Luke. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, there was an air of expectancy. I mean, the whole crowd was out there. I mean, yay! Look at what look, look it's coming, you know, Jesus. You know. Uh, but I want you to note here: when kings rode into cities in the days of like in the days of Jesus. They usually rode majestic, mighty war horses. And what's Jesus riding? A donkey. One that's been set free to do a purpose. Most kings wanted to be known as great conquerors and victorious. Or victors. If a king rode a donkey, which they occasionally did, listen to this, it was to make a point. They, they came on a mission of peace and servanthood. What did Jesus ride? A donkey. He became on a mission of peace and servanthood. He wanted to do the bidding of the Father. Amen. Glory to God. And if you look back and if you recall, King David also had a donkey and he let his son Solomon ride on it. It was a mission of peace and servanthood. You know, Jesus, first time, came riding on that donkey. How is he going to come back when he comes back? Right after the rapture, when he brings us all back, how are we going to come back? On a horse. A conqueror. And guess who's going to be riding along with him? Or behind him, I should say. Get your cowboy boots set. <laughs> White stallions. <laughs> okay. Now let's look at this uh, fulfillment of prophecy. Go to that little book, The Z-Boys, Zachariah. The book of Zechariah at the end of, just about the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 9. And this is the prophecy that Zechariah had. Zechariah chapter 9, looking at verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, the king cometh unto unto thee. He is just and have, having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass or a donkey, upon a colt, the, the fold of an ass or a donkey. The prophecy became fulfilled. And, well, keep your marker there at this point, on this one, and go back to Luke for a moment. In Luke chapter 19. And this is what the crowd was saying when Jesus rode in. Blessed uh, Verse 38, that's Luke 19, 38. Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Glory to God. They were shouting. They were making it known the king had come. Okay. If you're back there at Zechariah chapter 9. Let's look at verse 10. It goes on after verse 9. It says, And I will cut off the chariots from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace unto the heathen. Glory to God. We fell into a good place. And his dominion shall be... From sea to sea and from river even to the ends of the earth. So this peace is going to abide, and even the Gentiles are going. We've been adopted into that peace. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Something great here. Jesus as King would would bring, bring peace and not war. His rule would extend over the entire earth. So riding the the donkey, Jesus came as the king who comes to his people in love and in peace. Now this is not what they expected. The Jews didn't expect that. They expected him to come riding in on a a white stallion. Uh-oh. They were caught up in their own conceptions. They thought Jesus would be a conquering hero and take control of Jerusalem, destroy the Roman occupation, and cleanse Israel of all evildoers. Glory to God, that sounds good. This is what Jesus is going to do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our Messiah is here. Jesus' mission rocked the religion of the day. What? What? Instead of removing the Romans, he took the Jews to task. He cleansed the temple. Removed or tore up their traditions. Instead of listening to the changes Jesus brought They soon turned on him. And within the week, they were not saying, Hail King Jesus, we love you, hallelujah, glory to God, crucify him, kill him. That's how fickle we are. If we don't get our way, Hello. Hello. None of you ever felt that way? You didn't get your way? You felt, eh, get even. I'll say something. I'll do something. I'll pout. Hello. That's not the way it is. Not the way we should be anyway. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus came to change the mindset of those who call themselves God's chosen people. As you read the word you will have a change in your heart. Because it's his word that's going to change us. Amen. Glory. Man's, man-made traditions have no value and are often, often lead to misinformation, confusion, delusionment, delusion, I should say, dismay, hurt, and pain. That's man's traditions. We can't get get caught up in that. We need to get established in God's Word. Amen. Amen. Indeed, Jesus came to deliver his people, but it would be through his suffering and dying a brutal death on the cross and pay the severe penalty for sin hell itself. Now turn with me to, well, back up a little bit. And you want to find the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 55. Oops. That's Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Gone almost too far. Beginning in verse 8. This is what happened to the Jews. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. They couldn't comprehend what Jesus was trying to do. He was actually bringing them... The plan of salvation. They were looking at it only in worldly events. Not spiritual events. As a, as a spirit, they were still tied to Satan. Wow, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So he came to give them freedom. Amen. We need to take God's word... And get our freedom. Take our freedom. Find out what God's word says. Receive that freedom. Begin to walk into freedom. Enjoy life and life more abundantly that he spoke on. Going back to where we were where we? Back to uh, Luke chapter 19. Luke Chapter 19, this time we're going to go to verse 41. This is Jesus still coming in on, the, on the road into Jerusalem. Luke 41, uh, nine, <laughs> Luke chapter 19, I'll get it yet. 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. On the road to Jerusalem, as he saw Jerusalem, he wept over it. What makes Jesus tears? What made, what made Jesus come to tears? Well, it's not just tears that we, you know, small tears, you know, an owie tear or something like that. This is something that was impregnated into him. The original word for wept indicates just just more than tears, meant to lament. Oh glory. A strong sobbing, almost almost, you know, uh, with deep emotion. I mean, he just burst out. Why did Jesus react that way? in the middle of this great crowd that was shouting hallelujah, praise God, hosanna, Jesus uh, openly breaks down sobbing and weeping over a city and its people. He knew the impending overthrow of Jerusalem and what was going to take place to his people. The people of Jerusalem and the other towns Around Galilee, all heard the gospel, but they resisted God's love and forgiveness, which would reach out to all nations and to all people. They resisted it. They re- Well, uh, Luke. The impending judgment would come on the city. And the temple. Looking at uh, Luke chapter 19. Again. Looking at verse 42 this time. Saying if thou had known. That's verse 42. If thou had known. Even thou. At the least of this day. The things which belong to thy peace. But now they are hid from thy eyes. For the day shall come upon thee. That thy enemy shall cast. A trench about thee. And compass thee round about. And keep thee in, in on every side. And thou shalt. And, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one smote ground uh, stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. They didn't understand the visitation. You know, things would have been completely different if they had received Jesus. They wouldn't have to go through all this, but they rejected him, and, and of course... You look at uh, uh, Israel's history from the rejection of Jesus. They were scattered. They've been scattered for over 2,000 years. But he said in the last day that he would gather their men. And guess what's happening? People from all over, well, not people, but Jews from all over are coming in, volunteering to come to Jerusalem. But he said some people would be so obstinate they had to put a hook in their jaw and pull them in and the hook of the jaw is is the anti-semitics g- that's going around the world and they're they're feeling that the the pressure to get out so he hook, has hooked them and bringing them home and it says when this takes place guess what Amen. he's coming Amen. and just before he comes he's taking the elite out the born-again Christians, take him out before the seven years of uh, Jacob's troubles hit Jerusalem, or hit the Israelis. We're ready to go. Amen. A lot of things are happening. Amen. You need to listen to the Jewish news. It's good. It's good. It, I, I get excited when I, I hear it you know, there's a lot of things that are happening that are hard knocks, but you can see a lot of things, you know. Uh, it says in the last days that the deserts would bloom again. Under the nomads of the Palestinians that were in, in the occupying land at one time, they did nothing. But when the when Jews came back into Israel, they started building and uh, planting. And the places... It's just coming alive, and some of the technology that's coming. I mean, they have a little box that, in the hot desert, it's like a, like, almost like I say, a refrigerator. But it pulls moisture out of the hot desert air for them to drink water. They can get almost uh, two gallons of water out of this little box in in the heat of the day. Wow, that's technology. They got out in the drip system that, that we're using today. Here, they developed it. So you don't use, waste the water. You just hit it for the different plants. That's technology. We're being blessed by Israel. We don't even recognize it. So We need to continue to pray for Israel. Bless, bless, it, bless Israel. Okay. Let's look at some insight into Jesus' tears, weeping. The tears of Jesus help us see the heart of God. The impending warning of judgment relating to their need that had to be met. The agony and the hurt of the heart displayed the deep concern and loving of love flowing out to those who were in jeopardy of judgment. He's crying over these individuals. He's crying over this city. Something's going to take place. It was sobering, heart-wrenching that was going to happen to the city and to those that were occupied it. God wants only the best for all people. Amen? Amen. One can't imagine the hurt and the pain that God goes through. Each time when a person rejects his love and his sacrifice, he gave in order to save them from a devil's hell. I mean, when when well, I think each and every one of us, uh, when we heard maybe the message of the gospel the first time, we said, "Yeah, that's not for me." You know, that's a little bit crazy, and you know that that just tore his heart up. But finally, when we came around, there was joy. It says, for every sinner that comes to know the Lord, there is joy in heaven. There, there is a party. So go out there and find someone to get saved. Let, let, have, let give heaven a chance to party. Amen. That's the, only, that's the only gift or thing we're going to bring into heaven. Everything else that we compile here on earth is not going to come with us. It's a souls that you helped to win, save, or actually you watered some, you planted some seed, and you harvested some seed, and all that will be to your account. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're not going to go up there empty-handed. Amen. Okay? In the end, God will abide with a person's decision concerning their choice, of his salvation. This is, these are some insights just into just what we just looked at right now. So if you'll now turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18. This is why it's so important to speak God's word. To have it in your heart. Because you can help somebody Bring, bring deliverance. Okay, Proverbs eighteen, chapter eighteen, verse twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof." Death and life are in power of tongue, and he that uses this power rightly shall live because it, because of it, and therefore choose life. We need to choose life. Begin to continue to speak life. Amen. Now is the acceptable time for those that, uh, when you come across, hey, this is time. This is your time. God is wanting to throw a party up in heaven. Let's give, let's give them a party. Amen. You ask them if they like parties. They say, yeah. Well, there, if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you receive, there's going to be a party in heaven. That's right. Amen. That's so much. Wow, wow. <laughs> okay. Now. I have here the uh, commentary, a dictionary. I just want to read this. Now, Jesus, what? Uh, now He went there for the Passover. So I want to read something about the Passover because it it is our communion service. The Passover is commemorative. It commemorates the deliverance, and a great salvation is foretold. The lamb slain, the lamb slain for the Passover, Passover lamb uh, typifies Christ, the Lamb of God, slain for our sin, for the sins of the world. According to one Corinthians five seven, our Passover is a sacrifice, is sacrifice for us. So speaking of Jesus. The Lamb of God was slain at, at at nearly the same time that the Lord's Passover was taking place. The same time of day as the daily sacrifices at the temple. The crucifixion began at the hour of the morning sacrifices. And at the end, ending the hour of the evening sacrifice, which was when he, three o'clock. Okay. The lamb, as we know it, was a symbol of unity. The unity of the family, the unity of a nation, the unity with God and his people. That he had taken into covenant with himself. Now the the unleavened bread, as we know it, or the matzah, um, Paul makes reference to it in First Corinthians five, chapter five, verses six through seven. Um, speaks of the, of the the bread and why it's uh, unleavened because fermentation or you know causes uh, a decomposure of what whatever it is, you know, just like. Why, uh, not wine, but uh, the grape juice, if you let it set long enough, it becomes fermented. It, be, it, it uh, decomposes, and that means there's no unity there. So that's why uh, the bread was used, uh, the uh, matzo bread was used, and the grape juice was used, not wine, because it decomposes and there's nothing that decomposes in Jesus. Okay. Okay. It is an emblem of unchanged g- uh, uh, duration and speaks of purity. Okay. The Passover is a type of deliverance from the slavery of sin. Okay. That's for today. Okay. The uh, Passover, or we're looking at the Lord's Supper, speaks of preparing for a journey. Did you recognize that 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 communion said over there? Jesus, said, you know, says, "Do you remember me?" But it speaks of a journey. Are you ready for your journey this morning, <laughs> Amen? Prepare for a journey, a readiness and desire to enter active service for the Lord. It means to be active, to be an active service for the Lord. Wow. So that's what uh, the communion table is talking uh, re- represents to us this morning. So again, we prepared to... Get ready for uh, the uh, communion setting this morning. Amen. So I hope that gave you some insight as as well. We do things took place, and when you read it, you will see yourself a little bit more. That you you're untied, you're set to go. Amen. Amen. And that. The tears that Jesus wept were for us, that we not fall away, you know, for any, anybody that falls away, there's great tears. I mean, that, that, that to me was uh, an eye-opener. I mean, we always think, well, you know, God says, well, that's, they didn't want me anyway. But he, he takes it to heart. He paid the greatest price for for each individual, and when an individual does not, it breaks his heart. But he will allow them the choice of what they want to do. He'll let them keep their choice. So we need to choose life and life more abundant. You need to share that with other people when you go sow anything. You know, this is a choice you have. You can you can be be forever with the Lord or. Yeah. Be separated. Okay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's uh, prepare for the communion service. If I can have my able bodied helpers, we'll go ahead and receive communion this morning. That will last forever. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning in verse 23, For I have received the Lord, that which I also delivered unto you. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which He betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, brake it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. The bread represents his body. The bruises and stripes indicated it was broken for us that all sicknesses and disease were removed. He took it upon himself. So Father, we praise you, we just give you thank. As a symbol, this bread, removing Father God, giving us the ability to walk in excellence of health, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Verse 25 continues to say, And after the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had stopped saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood. Do thee as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The greatest gift is the blood of Jesus washing away our sins, giving us the ability be partakers of his divine life from now through all eternity so Father God we take this symbol receive this symbol Father God of the cleansing blood that sets us free from sin that gives us the ability to call you Father. In Jesus' name, thank you. We need to step up. We need to be loosened. Get untied from the things of the world. We're called for a purpose. It's a divine purpose. Nothing is insufficient in God's eyes when you do it for him. Amen. Amen? Let's all stand. Thank you. Prepare for next week. So, Father, we're praising you. We're just giving you thanks. That greater blessings, Father God, are upon your children, Father God, as we open your book. And we receive, Father God, that which you give to us. And, Father God, as we receive, Father God, we put into action. We allow our faith to grow. I thank you, Lord, that as we meet others, Father God, we can give them the blessings, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give thanks as we go our separate ways, Father God. Things, Father God, will only get better. In Jesus' name, amen.